I love you too, JT. I actually just want to, um, JT, Jay Tizzle, my dear friend, <laughs> I really feel like um, the Father just wants you to know he is so proud of you and he loves you. Yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I just... Um, JT's been on this journey of just having fresh encounters in his heavenly dad's love. And I love to see you getting rocked by his love. And I, I, just, I, I just feel like he just wants to tell you how proud he is of you. I just see him like with his hand on your heart, just saying, this is my son. I love him. I delight in you. My joy is in you. You are my joy. I know you sing that about him but he sings that about you. And there's absolutely nothing that makes him any more in love with you than you just receiving his love. And I just want to bless you to get absolutely stuck in the sticky love of the great lover of your soul, JT. That you would be moved only by his love. Thank you, Daddy. Well, I'm really glad to be here. I just really feel like I just want to worship for a little bit longer. So if it's okay with you, I just said to Amber, Amber, would you just come up and just, can we just worship with that last song? The That song, I, I was just, the, the one before it, I, I don't even remember the order of the songs today. They, it was just wonderful. I'm just getting, just, I just love Jesus. So. <laughs> but that, that, the song where it says, when I thought I'd lost me, you knew where to find me, is it? You, you knew where to find me. You reintroduced me to your love. And I just feel like at the moment, I'm just having that experience, not just right now, although I'm having it right now, but just in the last few weeks of him reintroducing me to a deeper, deeper facet of his love. And, and that um, the song that they were singing just at the end there, the blaze in your gaze is drawing me into you. I'm being chased by the very one that I pursue it's like we think that we're running after him, but actually he's chasing us down with his love constantly. <laughs> and it's like he wants to capture our gaze with his fiery, blazing eyes of love. And I feel like I'm just seeing his eyes afresh again. So can I just invite you, you can either stand, you can sit, you can lay out with whoever else is laying out. And let's just press in for a little bit more of his love. Let's adore him with our whole heart right now. That I 
Jesus, we love you. We adore you. We love your love. You're so worthy. You are worthy of our affection. You have chased us down with your love. And we love to be caught by you. The one that we think we're pursuing. You are the one whom our soul loves. You are the one we love. You are the one that we desire. You are the one whom we long for. Thank you. Thank you for your blood that you poured out for us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you that your love is unending. It is never ending. We can never reach the depths of it. We can never outrun your love. We adore you, Jesus. We love you. There is no one like you. Nobody loves us like you. Oh, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for your presence. We love, we adore your presence. You are your presence. Thank you that you are here, moving amongst us, walking amongst us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. We love you. You are your glory. You are your love. You are power. You are beautiful. You have captivated our hearts. I just want to invite you to experience him right now in this place. This is not a spectator sport. (laughs) And I just want to invite you right now just to press in. Just tell him you love him. Just tell him you love him. Tell him he's worthy of your love. He's worthy of your affection. You can tell him in your own words. It doesn't have to be what I say. It can be whatever you, your heart. If you just want more, just say, I want more of you. Thick in your presence, God. Thick in your presence. I um, I said this in the first service, and I'm just going to say it again. Um, I just I just keep getting absolutely wrecked in the love of my heavenly Father, and so just recently, just I just I can't explain it. I don't really want to explain it, but I love it. And I just feel like he's inviting us into this new encounter, a fresh encounter and experience. And I know I'm not the only person that's experienced this, but I, I don't have any um, amazing message to share with you, honestly. <laughs> I literally am just, I just want to share what the Father's been doing in me. I... I feel like he's just reset me. And I feel like he wants to do some reset this morning with us. Not just this morning, but I feel like he wants to just reset us as a body, just in his presence, loving his presence, you know. I feel like this is his glory in October. (laughs) We have the glory in October. Well, it's the glory of his presence. 
I mean, is there anything else, really? I, I just... And I, I just, you know, Murray shared um, a couple of weeks ago about um, when we were up in Toronto and we uh, just, it was just a wonderful time. And the Father was just so, Jesus was just so present in the meetings and Actually, even outside of the meetings, we were having just encounters in, in his presence at Murray in our hotel room one morning and just, I don't know, anyway. Um, we were, um, Michael Koulianos preached just a phenomenal word. And actually, one of the things I just, heard, I really appreciate, I've not really heard him speak before, but um, I, I really just, there was just something about the hunger in him that I just was attracted to, you know, there's that, that hunger and love for the Lord that reminded me of, of who I first fell in love with when I was in Canada 20-something years ago and I met Jesus. But it also, what it reminded me of was, it, it, this is crazy, it reminded me also of when I was a kid, I remember one Mother's Day, I just kind of thought about this. One Mother's Day, I, I was, I didn't, I was, a, I don't know how old I was, but old enough that, young enough that I didn't have my own money to buy my mum a gift. And I, I, we'd been to Sunday school a few times with our neighbours, so I don't know if it was from there or from somewhere else, but I'd heard this poem, and it, it just, there was something in it grabbed me. And so I, I was making a, a little, I got one of my um, notebooks and I decorated it and I made my mum this little book and I wrote this poem and I changed it to fit for my mum. But <laughs> I think it was really for Jesus. And I remember the poem right now. You may all know it and have grown up knowing it, but I didn't grow up in church or in a Christian family. So, But it said, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part. What can I give him? I'll give him my heart. And there was something in that, not even really knowing Jesus, that, that made my heart kind of, it just, it just, on the inside, there was something. And I changed the words to make it fit for my mom. <laughs> Which is kind of sweet as a little kid, isn't it? You know, you because I really love my mom. But um, I, I just feel like that that longing that was in me as a child, like the father is is reigniting that first love and that desire, that first burning. And I I feel like that's what he's doing. Actually, wants to do in this. Um, are you getting me a tissue? Thank you, my love. Thank you. These are the soft ones. Last time I had the crunchy ones. <laughs> but I, I, I and, and so anyway, we were in Toronto. And this is not about me. I'm sharing what God's doing in me, but I feel like it's an invitation for all of us. Every single one of us in this room, if, if we want him. Um, and I know we're a hungry people, but I am... I, um, we were in Toronto, and 
and at the end of this meeting, um, Michael, after he spoke, Michael Koulianos came down from the stage. He'd actually pro- prophesied over Duncan and Kate, like very randomly. He just switched gears, and I'm going to show you that prophetic word because it's for all of us. Um, even though he delivered it to Duncan and Kate, we can grab hold of it because we're all in the family of, of what God's doing here. So um, it's for us, and I'll show you at the end. But anyway, so and he prayed for them and released this amazing word. And Murray and I had just been laying out on the floor, just responding to, to the invitation of Jesus and loving him. And we're just adoring him on the floor. And Kate, because she's just lovely and she wants everyone to receive, she, I think as, as Michael was coming down from the platform, she brought him over to us and asked him to pray for us. And um, so he laid his hands on us. And I don't remember, it wasn't a long prayer, but I don't remember much, and I don't remember it so well as I remember the words, I pray that Jesus, you would torment them, or you would torture them with your availability. And something happened, that just an impartation, and something happened um, that since then, a couple of weeks ago, just I feel like the river, the level is rising of my desire to to encounter him, to be with him, to sit with him, to um, wait upon him, to worship him, to adore him, to be aware of him wherever I am, has just um, just been reset and refired. So I, I feel like it's part of what he wants to do in us before he does the stuff through us, is actually as a community, he wants to reset us and re bring us back to that the fire of first love and the lo- his loving him, loving his presence, just because it's him and he's worth it. He's worthy of it all. And so it's almost like everywhere I turn at the moment, Jesus is right there. You know, when, my, when our kids were little, we would play hide-and-seek. And, um, and Murray would hide in the most obvious places. Like, he would hide with his feet sticking out or his butt sticking out from behind something or, or his head would be visible or, or something. And, but the girls would delight in finding Daddy. And, but he wasn't difficult that it wasn't the kind of hide and seek that we play when you play when you're older and there are always those people that are really good at hiding and you can never find them and it could take you forever but it the hide and seek that we played with our girls when they were little was one where the delight was in being found and and I it's I feel like that's what the father's been doing with me he's like he's playing this beautiful game of hide and seek where it's 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 not that I can't find him, but he wants me to turn and look to him. And he, he loves to be found. He, he wants to be found. He loves to reveal himself. And as I just turn, he's right there. As I turn my gaze, as I 
think about him, he's right there. And it's like everywhere I turn at the moment, oh, Jesus, you're beautiful. And I'm not saying that I'm just wrapped up in it. I still get things done and do that. But it's almost like he's just reigniting something that deep on the inside of me. And I'm enjoying it so much. And so I want to invite you into this journey with me of, of rediscovering that first love. Because I think it's easy for us to get distracted and to get our priorities a little bit out of, um, out of whack. I think he's bringing us into a season of reset and realigning our priorities. So I'm going to invite you just to turn to Song of Solomon with me. Chapter 1. This is a beautiful love poem, song, whatever, written between the beloved, the bride, and the bride. And we can put ourselves in this story, the, the, ourself in this as, as he, Jesus is the lover and we are his loved ones, his bride that he loves to be with. And if you look at the, I'm just going to look at the first few verses, um, this this reignition of love in in the depths of me um, it's not like my it's not like my love for him burned out um, but I think there there's a there's been a um, just a, a a passion that's that's got distracted by some by other other things and He's just been wooing and drawing me into that place again with him. So let's look at Song of Song, Song of Solomon, chapter 1. Now, Murray and I had some of this um, read over us at our wedding. <laughs> and, and the guy that was preaching at our wedding said, Okay, now I, want you, I don't want you just to be hearers of the word. <laughs> I want you to be doers of the word. So I want to, I want to bless married couples to, to go home and practice this word. <laughs> okay, and those of you who aren't married, you can wait. <laughs> you can have an intimate touch from the Father in your waiting, which is actually wonderful. It's so much better. <laughs> oh, okay, chapter 1. Just from verse 2, I'm going to read. The bride confesses her love. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. I... I love this, and I feel like I'm, I'm kind of engrossed in this verse at the moment. I'm experiencing this verse afresh at the moment. I'm, he's, you know, he, the Father loves to encounter us. Jesus loves to let us experience him. He loves to make his presence so tangible to us. And I think sometimes we lie to ourselves or we 
try and explain when we don't sense him or feel him. We try and explain it away and say, oh, it's because he wants us to live by faith or whatever, because we have to somehow justify why we don't sense his presence. But I, I, I just want to, I just want to encourage you and say he is his presence. Jesus, the person of Jesus, is still here and available, and he wants us to feel him. He wants us not just to hear him. He wants us to feel and experience his presence. And so if you haven't experienced his presence in a tangible way, I want to encourage you not to give up. I want you to hear this as an invitation to press in, to keep going, to not give up, and to encounter him in fresh ways. And and do not, do not give up until... He touches you. I, I, I just want to. I want to release a relentless um, pursuit that can only come from Him and by Him, out of your oneness with Him. If you're one with Him and He's living on the inside of you, you can get hold of that relentless pursuit for the one that your soul loves to encounter and to experience His love in a tangible way. And I want to break off any lie that would say that you don't get that, that that is not part of what he has for you, okay? Even if it hasn't been your experience to now, I just cancel that in Jesus' name. And he is a living God. He is a man who wants to not only come on the inside of us, but he wants to touch us on the outside as well. And he wants to pour out his love on us in such a way that we would be absolutely undone and unable to move because of his love. So I want to just bless you in that. But he loves to encounter us and he loves to kiss us. And the thing is, often, you know, when we gather together, we we experience those little kisses. I don't know about you, but in worship, often, I'm just, as my affections are turned towards him, I, I feel that kiss. I, the kiss is the encounter, right? That the, the, where you just sense his presence near you. You you kind of your your gaze is 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 captivated by him and his his majesty or his beauty or how wonderful he is. Or when I'm when I'm in that place of just thanking him and I don't feel him but I thank him. There's something about being thankful and appreciating what he's appreciating him for what he's done or for who he is, for shedding his blood for us, for, for taking our place on the cross, for when I when I when I appreciate him and I and I think on him and I say, Thank you, Jesus, that you reached down into the pit, you lifted me out of the pit, and you put your feet, you put my feet on you, the rock. You've set me free from my past. I'm no longer defined by what I used to do anymore and my sin. That doesn't define me anymore. When I think on that, when I, when I remember him, when I appreciate him, I, I start to become aware of his presence. And I'm, oh, he's with me. He's here right now. As I, it's like as we, as we love and adore him, as we appreciate him in worship, whether it's worshiping him while we're reading, worship him, him while we're singing, or just in our thoughts, oh, he loves to just come in and, and make himself present and available. 
And then we get to adore him in that place and pour out our adoration. But he loves those moments where we, we get to kiss, where he wants to kiss us. And so often they happen in this public setting. But I feel like he's inviting us into the place where we get to experience not just the kiss of his mouth, but we get to experience multiple kisses. So we're not just looking back to that one encounter that we had yesterday or two weeks ago or two years ago or back when you first got saved. We're not looking at that one encounter and kind of trying to grab hold of that, although that is good and we can celebrate that and we can remember it and enjoy it. But he's inviting us into this place of not just the, the one touch, but the multiple kisses of his mouth. And I think that the one, those, those kind of little one touches, especially when we're together corporately, is him kissing us saying, I love you. Come away with me. Let me draw you away. This encounter right now is an invitation to another encounter with me. This, this little kiss is an invitation for you to experience lots and lots of kisses from me because I love you. I want you to experience my love daily. And so the key, one of the keys here is if you look at that first part of verse 2, let him kiss me. There's an element of, I, I need to make myself available for him to kiss me. So he's torturing me with his availability. But I can let, my, let him know that I'm available to him. Oh, I can turn to the side and say, oh, I love you, Jesus. Come and kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. Come and... Touch me afresh today. I, I worship you. I adore you. You are so worthy of me stepping out of the busyness and turning my gaze towards you. So we can make ourselves available. Let go of all the distractions. And I'm, I'm on this journey at the moment where the Father has me just changing my calendar, my schedule, changing it, making space to just... Let him know I'm available. And, and you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes my availability used to look like, I've got this issue, Lord, so I need to come to you because I want you to solve this problem. I've got this issue with, uh, you know, at work, or I've got this issue in my family, or I've got this, this you know, I want, um, you know, I want to move in greater signs, wonders, and miracles, although that's wonderful to ask for that. Or I want to see my family saved, or I, I, I want you to sort this issue out with finances, or whatever the, that issue could be, or whatever that thing could be. But we, we often, we come to him, we turn to him when we need something from him. But I, I, I feel like there's an invitation from him at the moment to have the fire reignited, to have us reset on the inside where we're just turning, making ourselves available for him just because it's him, just to sit in his presence, not to come with a laundry list or a big long list of to-dos and what we want him to do and even really good prayers to pray. I'm, I'm, I'm having a rediscovery uh, I'm being 
I'm having a revi- personal revival of just sitting in his presence and worshipping him and adoring him and loving him. And I just want to encourage you, because I know we have full lives, and I want to encourage you, particularly mums, that there's not always the, time, the, uh, the space for you with little ones to, to go into that secret place and, and go away with the Lord. But I, in that season when I had young kids, the Lord, the Lord really taught me that in that season, because it's not forever, the secret place is not a geographical place. Right? It's not a way locked up in my closet without my children. I can actually experience that, his kisses and the secret place when my children are climbing all over me. It's like a, a, a posture of my heart where I turn my heart towards him and just fix my gaze upon him. I'd sometimes put on worship music or I'd just talk to him on the inside. There were times when I had to go to the toilet and lock myself in the bathroom to get some space. But I want to encourage you mums that it's just a season and so don't beat yourself up if you can't lock yourself away for hours but just turn to him, the affections of your heart and say, I'm available. Jesus, I love you. I honour you. Thank you for the gift of my children. Thank you that you love me so much that you've given me these beautiful little kids to steward. Oh, I worship you. I adore you. And for those of us who are able, I want to encourage you. Let him know you're available. Change your schedule if you need to. To give him your time and availability. And in that place, as he's drawing us, the kiss becomes kisses. We get multiple encounters. This encounter gets to become the springboard for the next kiss encounter. And then that becomes the invitation to another deeper encounter. And that next part of the verse says, for your love is better than wine. I think that this invitation is to let go of all other false comforts all other distractions, all other, all other things, all other loves, like little loves, little L loves, that have our part of our heart, part of our time, part of our gaze, part of our longing, to, to put those aside, to let go of those for the lover. You know, wine is like a false comfort. I enjoy a a glass of wine every now and then. I do like a glass of wine. It's okay if you don't, that's fine. But I, I, I see wine in this as more than just wine. It's those things that would distract us or those things that would be a false comfort to us, a false soothing, the things that maybe once we thought we needed, like, oh, I just need to get home and um, have a glass of wine, or I just need to go and buy this thing. If I just have that thing, 
I'm going to feel that joy again. I'm going to feel that peace again. If, I, if God pays off my mortgage, then life is going to be better. It's just going to be, I'm going to feel better. And it, these false comforts of, or even it, maybe it's, I just need to, I've got to go and be with these people because then I'll feel better. Because I, if I'm, when I'm alone, I feel like some of these issues in my heart are coming up. So I need the wine of, of, of a lot of people around me to make me feel better about myself and distract me from allowing that place where the Father wants to come in and bring healing to my heart and speak his words over me that tell me who I am and how much he loves me and what he has for me. That's the wine that I'm talking about. His love is better than any of those things. And I, I feel like he's bringing us into a season of reset where our priorities, what, what used to be a priority, even a good thing, a good love, right, does not take a higher priority over time in his presence, enjoying his presence, that it doesn't distract us. Honestly, I could say to you, for, for me, for the last couple of weeks, um, when I... sometimes if I get tired, you know, I have a lot of meetings or something during the day. So I'm with people a lot and I'm quite an extrovert and I like that. But, but sometimes I'm, you know, going from meeting to meeting and I can feel quite um, drained at the end of the day and I can have run out of words almost, which for some of you that you might think that's impossible because I can talk quite well. (laughs) But you, but there are days where I've had, you know, I've gone from one meeting to the next and, and I get home and I'm like, I, have, I need to engage with my family, my kids. And sometimes that's a bit hard because I'm like, oh, I've given my best. But that's not good for them, is it? If I've given my best away. And, and how much more so for my heavenly father, for Jesus. If I give my best away to all these other good things, doing ministry, seeing people healed in their hearts, set free. They're all good things. But if he is not the thing for me, those things can become the wine in my life that distracts me. I had this um, picture earlier this week, you know. I was, we were having a time of worship in our um, pastor's meeting or just a time to receive and enjoy the presence of Jesus. And I'd brought the Bose sound dock from home to to put my phone on so that I'd made a playlist so that we could just enjoy the presence of Jesus together as 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 some with some of our staff. And um and anyway, so as I'm getting it set and I'd set it at home, I'd got my Bluetooth on and everything. And when I was getting it set up to play to worship I, you, you can usually plug multiple devices in, and I was pushing the button. It was like Murray's iPad, Murray's iPhone, Murray's MacBook Pro, Murray's Izzy's iPhone, Izzy's MacBook, Hannah's iPhone, Hannah's MacBook, Lucy's iPhone, Lucy's, and I'm pushing the button, and then Sarah's iPhone, and then Nat's iPhone, and so people who aren't even part of my household, and their their iPhones are on there, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, there's too many. People, too many things plugged into this. And I'm like, oh, gosh, Lord, you really are showing me something here. You, you're really teaching me something here. We can have really great things that we are doing, 
for the Lord, really great things. But we can still have too many things plugged in that become a distraction from really being able to to turn our affection towards him and worship him in the secret place or together as a staff. And so I feel like what the Father is wanting to do for us to experience his love is to unplug us from those things that are not his priorities in our lives. He wants to unwind us and unravel us from even the good things. You know, when you look at Luke, uh, Luke chapter 10, you look at the story of Mary and Martha. In Luke chapter 10, um, Jesus is going to, he's been invited by Martha to go to their house to eat with them and to be with them. And, and Mary is sitting at his feet and Martha's busy and working. She's very busy. And she's got a lot to do. And she, she goes to Jesus and she said, I've got all the, I'm doing all this stuff and my sister's not helping me. Tell her to help me. And Jesus says to her, I always do feel a bit sorry for, for Martha. Um, I think Martha needs to have a day off actually. <laughs> but um, but, but what, what does Jesus say? He doesn't rebuke her. He speaks lovingly to her, Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen the better portion. So what is that? In, that indicates that both, there's more than that portion, right? That, that part. There's more than that thing that Mary is doing. There's the things, the busyness that Martha is doing is good because they wouldn't have had a food to eat. But what Jesus is saying is out of those things, Mary has prioritized my presence and engaging with me and turning her heart to me. I've had this, I think that's what the Father is wanting us to do in this season right now. If, do we want his glory in October? Do we want him to, to light a fire in Raleigh, which is what he prophesied and has been prophesying over us? I think part of the key is us stopping is prioritizing him and his presence and worshiping and adoring him just for who he is and not for what he can give us. He's inviting us to have him as our main priority. Keep the main thing the main thing. That is Jesus. He is the main thing. He is the alpha. He's the beginning of all things for us. He is the omega, the end. He is the end of all things. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's everything in between. Jesus keeps, keeps challenging me with that, that verse in Genesis 15 where he's talking to Abraham and he says to Abraham, I am your shield and your exceedingly abundant reward. And he's like, Ash, are you okay if I am the prize? Are you okay if when you spend time with me, when you worship me, all you get is me? I'm like, oh, I, I say yes. But there are times when I spend time in his presence because I want to get something else from him. Does anyone else ever do that? I want him to answer a prayer. I want him to do something through me. I want him to give me a word to share with you. <laughs> or I'm, I'm just being honest. 
How often do we do that? I feel like he's saying, I'm inviting you. I am the, your prize. I am your great reward. And are you okay if all you get is me? A bigger vision of me, more love for me. Experience my love. is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carol. Oh, let's worship. <laughs> oh, man. So I want us to play the video. I feel like what the, fa- if you just get the video ready, the father, I feel like he is inviting us into this journey. He wants to do amazing things through us. And the, ama- the wonderful thing when we prioritize him and his presence is we, in that place, it says in the last verse that I read about the king has brought me into his chambers, in the place of intimacy, where, where, where we're experiencing our oneness with him, the mingling where, where the old me and the new me in Christ Jesus becomes less and less um, divisible in that sense. I become more and more like him because I'm spending time in his presence and I'm experiencing the kisses of his, of his mouth and I'm worshiping and adoring him in that place of oneness. I become more like him, and he is so faithful in his presence. He loves to pour out. And you know that, that scripture in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, where Paul is talking about weakness, and um, his, he, he rejoices in his weakness because his power is made perfect in weakness. I feel like what the Father is doing is in inviting us into this place of, of, of intimacy and union and just loving and receiving his love, turning our attention and affection towards him, encountering him and surrendering to him, like giving him all of our weakness, giving him even what we think is our strength and yielding to him in that place. Our oneness, just the the intimacy that comes is then the power comes from that place. It's not we go to get the power, but power is the fruit of intimacy. And I had this picture a few years ago in worship, just before we play the video, of... um, in, in, I think it was at a conference, I don't remember, but I had this picture of us all holding up this, these flags of surrender, yielding, saying, Jesus, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I give you everything, my strength, my weakness, everything good that's in me, everything that I think is bad in me, I give it all. I yield and I say yes to you, whatever, whatever it is. And I, and I saw as we were waving these flags of surrender, the Father took these flags and he made them into tents. And do you know in that scripture in 2 Corinthians, where I think Murray's preached on this before, Murray told me that the, the word for, um, that for their, my, um, what's the, yeah, my power will rest on you. It says my power will rest on you. The, the, the word for rest is tabernacle or tent. 
And so the picture that he gave me was, just come as you are, yield, surrender, don't be independent. You don't have to do it by yourself. Lay it down. Give me your strengths and your weaknesses. And in that place, I want to set up tent. It's my joy to set up tent over you and to get, clothe you in power in that place. And the fruit is then the world around us gets transformed and changed. But let's get our priorities right. Okay, let's play the video. If you'd just watch this with me. And I'd love to light a fire in Raleigh. Wow. I'd love to light a fire in Raleigh. Because heaven's coming, Duncan. Just lay on the altar. Build me an altar, says the Lord, Duncan. Build me an altar, says the Lord. Because I need, bring me Duncan. I need you to wear a cross on your back. I need you to wear a cross on your back. every cross is an altar fire falls on the cross come slow, come slow fire falls on the cross I need you to wear a cross now it's mine Nobody wants my mantle but a few. They're looking at others. I chose a mantle of wood. The cross of Calvary. So take it up, take it up. You know what I'm talking about. Take it up and stare at the naysayers with love in your eyes. Yeah, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stretch your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm taking you in to the fellowship of my suffering. And there's a beautiful pain in there, you know. It's a beautiful pain. It's the cross. It's the mantle of wood. And fire falls on wood. And dead wood burns and living wood smokes. And I want you to burn. regional fire coming to Raleigh and connect with Charlotte and go back and forth consume them tonight everyone pray 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 agree with me consume them tonight break them down break them down champion of heaven Break them down tonight. Give them a limp and change their name. Oh, Jacob. Oh, Jacob who wrestles with God. 
Tonight I've made you Israel another name and I've wounded your strength tonight with my hand and my fire consumes you and destroys all that is not me and you're only left with me but you're left with everything and I'll give you both a limp tonight your walk, your gait will shift and in my weak, in your weakness you will find my strength tonight heaven pulls back the bow and fires the arrow of fiery love at any independence around you and in your world even in your leaders even in those who think they know but don't know they have not stood in the counsel of the Lord tonight the Lord lets the bow fly and the arrow comes and strikes you in your strength that is where the spirit finds his rest in this couple Father lift your hands to heaven now simply going to invite the Lord to touch you. This is an invitation for us all. I feel like the word was given to Duncan and Kate, but it's actually for all of us. And I, I just want to invite you, if you would like to respond, I want to invite you just to come forward and respond. I, I'm responding in my heart. God, I want your fire to fall in Raleigh. But I recognize that there's a cost to that. And some of the costs might be reprioritizing my time, reprioritizing what I do with that time or what I do with my finances or what I do with my words, what I do with my attention and my affection. And as we just come in this place of surrender, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you want to go get your kids and bring them to join you, that's also okay. If you're watching online and you're not from Raleigh, I want to encourage you, take this for where you are. Take this for your city. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, in Christ Jesus. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who also put His seal on us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee or a down payment. So all of God's promises find there, yes, what he's looking for is our amen. And that amen comes through and we give that yes, we give our yes back in Christ Jesus. There's no striving. There's diligence, there's effort, but there's, there's no striving. So I just feel like the Holy Spirit's inviting us in Christ Jesus to give him our amen. 
We say amen to you, Lord. We say yes to you marking us. We say yes to you drawing us into the secret place. We say yes to reordering and reprioritizing our time, our energy, our affections, our focus. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit, captivating us. Fire of God, Father.